To our dear Wellness Couch listeners, we are sending you all our love during these unprecedented times. Now is the time to appreciate what community really is all about. And on the back of our wellness base camps in Geelong and Camden being postponed, we've decided to run a virtual experience that anyone can attend. It's called Crisis to Confidence. Right now, the world faces five major challenges. The first one, fear and anxiety. So Kim Morrison will present Uncertainty and Love. The second one is social isolation. So Marcus Pierce is going to talk about how to build community during these difficult times. The third is mental and emotional despair. So Brett Hill will talk about how to develop resilience. The fourth is financial uncertainty. So Jason Witten will talk about creating financial security. And the fifth is a challenged immunity. So Cindy O'Meara will share how to boost our immunity during these times. Crisis to Confidence will be broadcast live on Saturday, April 4. And if you can't make it, you'll receive lifetime access. To register and for all the details, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thank you, Wellness Cow Tribe. We love you and send our virtual hugs and kisses. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the wholesome box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, so we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Howdy, 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 ho there, lovely listeners. Oh, no, I won't even do that. That's just terrible, isn't it? That's the worst. No, welcome. Actually, oh, my God, I love that. I don't think you've ever uh, said hello to our – I think is this because we're all going a little crazy. You know, that's what I was trying to, trying to demonstrate what happens when you're under, you know, any, any degree of stress. We're going to talk about that today. It's like, you know, you, you know what you're supposed to do and then you're like, what, huh? What did I just do? So, sorry, I'm being silly but but not so silly. Um, so, lovely ladies – 
<laughs> Welcome to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And as always, you can follow us on facial. Oh, facial. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> this episode is going to come together, ladies. Bear with us. You can follow us on social media. So on Facebook, we are The Wellness Women. Uh, on Instagram, we are The Wellness Women Official. I am DrAndrea.xo on Instagram and The Period Whisperer on Facebook. And you can find Ashley at Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. Uh, so now that we've got through the hardest part of the episode, <laughs> um, hey, uh, Ash, uh, from our last episode that we recorded, um, ladies, if you didn't tune into that one, that was all about kind of uh, trying to keep coronavirus into a little bit of perspective whilst giving you some facts and some things that you can do. Um, had so much feedback on that. Everyone absolutely loved it, mm-hmm. which was really, really good. Um, obviously, the situation is still evolving. Um, I definitely felt like things kind of particularly here in in Perth and Western Australia I felt a big shift over the weekend like you know that sense of panic um and stress really increased but then for myself it took me probably a couple of days to get grounded again um and I think that's kind of sort of a bit of the topic of what we're going to go over tonight and that is looking at stress signs of stress that you may be ignoring or lesser known signs of stress that may just be popping up that you just think are normal as well, particularly um, things that might be happening in times like this. Yeah, absolutely. And this, you know, for a lot of people who feel pretty relaxed, I think we're pretty objective and we're generally pretty chill about lots of different things when it comes to, you know, health information. But I know that both of us has gone through a bit of roller coaster ups and downs, depending on who we've been around, who we've spoken to, where we've been, you know, you know what environment we put ourselves in. Just going to the shopping center had me like peaked out. Like I was just like, oh my goodness, I being such an empath, I literally could feel the collective hysteria. Like my body was rippling with just this buzzing energy of stress. And I would walk down and then I was like, okay, Ash, just breathe. You know, like I was just like, oh, my goodness. And um, I, I don't think it was just my, my head. I just think I was just feeling like that people are rushing past. Like I had someone literally run past me with a trolley going the other direction being like, they've already sold out. I'm going to Woolies. And I'm just like, um, dude, great. I don't know you. I really don't know why you're running Woolies. I'm assuming it's probably toilet paper, but like it was just so strange. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm chilling walking along with Oliver and um, – yeah, people are, like, pace walking past me, like, full-on pushing the pace, like, rushing past us, you know, brushing past my Ooh. shoulder. I'm like, whoa, can everyone just, just like, mum and child walking along here, just take a breath. You don't need to push past us when, you know, just going along our merry way. It was just really interesting. And I thought, oh, wow, thank goodness there's no zombies coming because I was, you know. <laughs> oh, there's zombie apocalypse. I know, it oh. totally feels like that, though, right? <laughs> We've all seen um, the movies. Like, yeah, apocalyptic times. And I, it's funny, I have a couple of patients who are preppers, like doomsday preppers. Cool. And, you know, they are so chill. They're like, you know, we're, we've been preparing for this for ages. Not that it is the apocalypse, but that is how people are acting. Mm. Um, you just saying that, Ash, makes my skin crawl. Like just picturing that environment or having to go into a shopping center or a mall or something like literally just makes my skin crawl. Um, and I'm trying to be for me, um, and I'm also trying to encourage my patients to do this as well, I'm trying to be very conscious of the information that I'm consuming and where I'm actually getting that information from because particularly as things change and evolve very quickly, it was very easy to be a little bit obsessive on social media and refreshing news feeds and those sorts of things to see you know, stats and numbers change, but some of them were not even based in reality, nor were they based in our reality as well. And 
um, you know, I, I could be completely criticised for being um, not taking it seriously enough or being naive or whatever it might be, but I'm just trying to take one day at a time. And I am looking at the statistics that are put out in our state by the government health authorities. And, uh, you know, as of this morning, there was 31 cases in Western Australia. So not just in Perth, but in all of our state, which is a huge state. So 31 cases confirmed and still zero cases of community transmission. Okay, so, so that was this morning, right? And we've just jumped, uh, we're up to 51 as of okay. this evening. So it just shows you like we could talk about this and we could give you stats and numbers yeah. and data, but it literally mm-hmm. is evolving, you know, every 12 hours really, I think, in terms yeah. of data. So if you listen and to it, this and going, oh, you girls haven't got the right numbers, um, just remember what, at the time of recording, these are the numbers we've got. And uh, tomorrow by the time we, you know, look at things again, it'll be different numbers. So, um, and I yeah. so to- totally appreciate that the time I checked it was very early this morning so it may not have been updated yet and still in a a state our size 51 people um, or 55 or whatever it was um, is still you know keeping things in a perspective and it's still okay not to panic it's okay to be prepared it's okay to be hyper vigilant and everything else but it's still okay not to panic Um, well it's honestly it's never okay to panic I mean, that, I mean, that was sincerely like with love because, ladies, if you get to that point of panic, it just means that, you know, the frontal cortex is inhibited and you, you're not thinking rationally. Mm-hmm. And at times of crisis, the best thing you can do is be like, I don't know, you, hey, look, anyone who doesn't know this, Andrew's gorgeous husband, Dean, is, um, you know, emergency responder now. He's qualified and he is a perfect example of someone who, let's just say there's like a major crisis, comes upon a car accident. This is the example we all need to take is you need to be able to walk coolly, calmly, taking the information, mm-hmm. objectively look at the scene, what's going on, priority response, what do I do first, what do I do second, what do I do third, and literally just stay cool as a cucumber through the whole thing. Now, it doesn't mean to say you're not feeling stressed. It just means that you can hold it down to be able to, you know, do things rationally in a way that's going to get the best outcomes because running around panicking in shopping centres is not getting the best outcomes, not for you and yeah. not for anyone. You know, you might run out with yeah. a 12-pack of toilet rolls and start social media posting going, woohoo, you know, and jackpot lottery. To be fair, hey, ladies, go out and buy your lottery tickets because while everyone's distracted by toilet rolls, there's a $6 million jackpot about to go off and I don't reckon as many people will take a ticket because they've just not wanted to go near the, you know, news agents and don't want to touch <laughs> oh anything. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> that is hilarious. And actually, absolutely right. Like, Dean is kind of like my his reaction to things is very much my yardstick because he is always that calm in the storm and which I think is why he's so suited to being a paramedic mm-hmm. um and if he was stressed about things then I know it's time to actually be worried um and you know the thing he just keeps asking me is have we got enough dog food have <laughs> we got enough dog food Aww. and that's, that's literally all we have yeah. to worry about right yeah. Yeah. like you know, we can go days, like, in, not that it would actually come to this, but we go days without eating, but are our babies looked after? You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's all. You know, and when you really break it down to it, like, if we really had to live really simply, that would be what our priority is, you know, like, are, are the things that are in our control that we are responsible to, are they taken care of? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> oh, anyway. And I think that's probably why a lot of people are running around because, you know, if it's not for themselves, it's for their family, it's for their children, you know, not yeah. to allow their children to go through discomfort or hardship. Um, so, yeah, we certainly get that. But I think, you know, what we need to talk about tonight is talking about how this, you know, how our body literally will 
activate chemical pathways and release chemicals to deal with stress. Now, every Mm -hmm. one of us is geared with mechanisms for our fight or flight response. You know, we have this survival program, which we can activate when needed, um, which is kind of like now, you know, I think most people, if you are not generally a stressy person, you're starting to feel that little sensation of that activation of that survival primal response. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether or not you're conscious of it is really interesting because I think a lot of people so are not aware of their stress responses. So Mm -hmm. let's have a little talk about some of the, let's say, covert stress responses you may not be aware are connected and giving you little clues about that raising cortisol or that elevation in stress response, even if on the surface you still think, oh, I'm not that stressed. Um, So we'll talk about some of those little things you can look for. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, from there we'll talk about, you know, other things that I think in relation to this whole, um, you know, coronavirus situation. I will absolutely take it on the chin. I know I was probably standing in your shoes yesterday, Andy, about this idea that, yeah, but we've only got this number of cases. But, you know, I've, I've had a look at the data and as well and realised that, yes, we're probably not testing as many people as we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, there probably is community spread, to be honest. Um, it's been shown in just about every other state, so I don't see why we're so special and we'd be avoiding it right now. Um, but the reality is, let's just say this is, you know, a common flu downgrade it just a fraction so we can get some perspective then you know it still stands to reason that we do exactly the same things right we watch our contact with others we wash our hands um, we cough you know and protect ourselves from sharing those germs to other places so i've even got a two and a half year old that can cough into his elbow now you know he's figured out that we're doing all the same things together so he's doing the same thing you know by coughing in his elbow so i'm just like you know as as human beings we can work out how to respond to these situations but in the meantime it's the mental emotional stress that's going to play most havoc on our health yeah yeah i completely agree and you know what the idea for this episode actually came like months and months ago ladies we had something like this flag that we were going to cover like you know it was going to be something um quite trendy like 10 signs of stress that you may not be aware of and uh i came up with the idea because we were getting ready to go to japan on our holiday um we were going to be over there for you know two and a half three weeks and i like did not want to take a holiday i had so much stuff going on i did not want to slow down. I did not want to have to sit in a plane for seven hours at a time because um, the legs we were taking was about 14 hours, seven hours each, just because, um, yes, it's very productive time for me on a plane, but I just, the idea of being stagnant and having to um, just go along with somebody else's plans and have to switch off. I just, I was really um, being rebellious with that. And I was like, you know what, if the trip gets cancelled, I will be happy. And I had to really take a step back and go, oh my goodness. Okay, that is a massive sign that I am taking on too much, that I cannot even take a holiday with my husband. Like, how bad is that? Um, And then, so for me, that was a bit of a warning sign. But there may be lots of other things that you're experiencing that um, may not be about dreading going on a holiday. Like seriously, geez, first world problems. Um, so you know, don't don't judge me. Um, but it could be things like, and this is what we see really commonly, and I am certainly very guilty of this, is you you kind of have this inability to be present. So you might be catching up with a girlfriend for coffee, and you're like a million miles away, and you can't follow a train of thought and people might be talking to you and you're like, you know, absent-minded, you might be completely forgetful. So you might be walking into a room to get your keys and then you get there and you cannot remember what you came down for. Um, Now that is not early onset Alzheimer's. Um, It's just that 
it's that focus that's and attention that's completely gone and you can't be present to maintain that state. And at the same time, those people that may be wanting to catch up for coffee with you, might it might all just seem to, demanding. So it's almost like you have set in your mind what your schedule has the capacity for. And if a girlfriend calls wanting to see you, um, it, for you it feels frustrating and you have this big negativity about it because it just feels um, you know, overwhelming and demanding. Ash, have you ever, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been oh, in that situation? Absolutely. I think, look, I think that just comes down to that lack of motivation of wanting to be involved in a social setting because you really, I see deep down, you know, your brain just can't handle it. It's like literally like just too much. Um, one more fuse that you can't light. There's just too many things going on. So, um, yeah, if you send to that spectrum as well, I mean, irritability, of course, is a natural, um, you know, for me, a clue mm-hmm. about stress response is that, when you you see like rock solid foundation relationships, the people bickering and squabbling and things like that, you realise that there's clearly you know a stress point. Someone's not handling that stress response well, and sometimes they're the first clues. You know, sometimes your stress response before you've even noticed you're feeling like that, you're snapping at your partner. You you know not handling your kids squealing. You just want them to just, you know turn off, and um, you realise oh you know why aren't you adapting to that environmental stressor as well as you normally do? Well, usually mm-hmm. it's because you're already overloaded and your stress response is already, you know, sky high. Um, and if you're not feeling things like rapid heart rate or increased breathing rates or anything like that, then it may just be that, you know, your mood disturbance is a really big clue. I think most women for me, mm-hmm. when I sort of work, you know, obviously we work with women a lot, I find mood disturbance is one of the, one of the earliest signs and sleep disturbance. So, you know, disruption yep. to sleep and disruption to mood before they might feel, you know, all the other things um, such as maybe anxiety or even muscle tenderness, te- like tension and soreness, you know, just, you know, really tight muscles all the time, just that sort of stress response. It's almost like you're gripping your fists and clenching your jaw and you're tightening your shoulders ready to punch someone in the head. Um, yes, <laughs> so. and that's I've been seeing so much tension in so many of our patients, mm-hmm. um, particularly over the last two weeks, because their anxiety is sky high, mm-hmm. probably just because of that energy of panic and dread and that impending doom that's happening out there in the world at the moment. Um, and people are physically taking that on board and it's palpable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I think as well, changing characteristic behaviors, you know, maybe some someone sort of mm-hmm. starts to avoid doing something that they normally like doing. It might be, you know, disinterest in exercising when they've always exercised. Um, strangely yep. enough, it's actually, you know, that disinterest is a clue. Um, it could be, you know, changing eating habits, maybe not eating, so avoiding eating or eating unhealthily. You know, they're often the common things. You lose your appetite or you just reach for the sugars and carbs and fats. Um, yeah, and that's just totally forgetting to eat, like yeah. skipping meals because yeah. you're, um, you know, totally wrapped up in what you're doing and, and those missing meals as well. And those mm-hmm. low blood sugar levels is still going to be compounding some of those stress responses as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the flip side, you know, depression um, and tiredness, fatigue, you know, just really being feeling very flat, very very low because literally your you know poor little adrenal glands can't pump out any more cortisol so you're just starting to really you know flag between each day might wake up with energy by the end of the day you're exhausted it's just you know it just comes down to all that glucose in your brain being overused all that uh, you know adrenal stress kind of catching up with you and then the body's got to reset and all to do it over again and you know we can handle acute stress we're designed for that but it's this chronic stress which you know we we're starting to talk about oh, you know, the peak might be in May and it'll still be happening in August. I mean, that's going to be pretty chronic stress for most people if we're still talking about it like we're talking about it right now. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's when we say, okay, we, we're past the point of acute stress. Now we're starting to work, work into 
you know, metabolic pathways that are involved with chronic stress. And this is where you start to see people reach for things that will change their physiology, um, like drugs and alcohol as well. You know, escapism, starting to try and avoid the issues, um, avoid or ignore or, you know, sometimes drown out the, the problems, um, which are not going to go away anytime soon in this particular topic. So we think we think the best thing you can do is find healthy ways of, you know, managing and um, moderating stress responses. So, um, yeah, is especially, um, you know, instead of going down the, the drugs and alcohol route, for sure. I agree, Ash. Um, one thing that you mentioned was that um, almost lack of joy. Uh, and so these are people who maybe um, would always laugh at a joke or crack a joke or always had a big smile on their face. And then it's almost like they've forgotten what it is that really makes them happy and what really brings them joy and what's important to them in that sense. Yep. And they kind of have this monotone type, um, oh, I guess, nature about them uh, just because they've lost that ability to um, focus on the things that they loved and the joy that that brings. Yeah. And yep. with that chronicity of the stress that's compounding, um, then we start to see uh, more hormonal changes as well. Uh, so, and it was funny, as you were saying, um, Ash, about the, you know, this could be going to May or August or my stomach literally turned over when you said that. And that's that, that's that gut brain axis in motion, right? Mm. So it's not the butterflies in my stomach. It's not the, um, you know, kind of nervous excitement. It's that um, kind of like tummy flip of dread um, that it's like, oh man, I, I don't think I'm prepared for that. But, you know, bowel changes are really, really common and it can be either, you know, diarrhea or constipation. So things can speed up or just completely slow down depending on the individual and depending on how stress affects our gastrointestinal system in the first place. Because just from a, um, you know, very basic um, anatomical and physiological perspective, when you're in that fight or flight response, that blood gets diverted away from the gut. Uh, so there's, you know, that's going to slow down peristalsis or that snake-like movement of your tummy. Um, it decreases I guess the function of all of the good stuff that happens in there and allows for opportunistic things like, um, you know, parasitic infections and bacterial overgrowth and all sorts of stuff. So um, certainly gut stuff is very, very common. And if we go just a little bit further south, <laughs> uh, some things that I find really commonly in women, particularly with chronic stress, are missing their periods. So stress has the ability to either stop or halt ovulation as well as delaying or changing the whole hormonal cycle as well. Uh, it can also increase uh, period pain too. So, and, you know, I'm sure we've been through these hormonal pathways with you at nauseam as to, you know, when cortisol goes up, usually progesterone goes down. There's that inverse relationship between progesterone and prostaglandins. So, um, you know, think of progesterone as being part of that protective mechanism against pain, like in its simplicity. So that's why usually women will experience more period pain. Um, and it's just, your body is particularly if you're missing a period, it's prioritizing everything else other than reproduction because it thinks that you're chronically or constantly running away from a saber-toothed tiger. You know, fertility during those times is certainly not a priority, um, which would also explain why someone's libido would really tank as well. 
can't disagree with you. That's all, you know, completely um, you know, bio- biological imperatives there, right? It's about survival and that means that you're not making babies when you need to be saving your life. So I think, you know, we've got to remember there's an underlying, you know, biological response that we can't override. So, you know, for me personally, I think um, I've been in practice teaching people about um, what we call the four A's of stress management. So yeah. I'd lo- love to teach those to you tonight. Was there anything else we wanted to run through before I start to dive into some of what I think are oh. some strategies? to help manage um, stress responses? Ash, I think that we've been through a really good list there. The only other thing that people might think about is is that um, kind of muffin top that they might be getting, that all of a sudden if they're sitting forward in their chair and they've got a new role that's developing around their midsection that they haven't noticed before, um, and it's just that extra kind of abdominal fat, which is usually due to those stress hormones that's kind of keeping fat around that area. So that is all of a sudden your waist isn't as small as what it used to be. Could it be part of these you know, part of this as well that you're overlooking. But also very, very topically, sorry, Ash, I'm like going off on tangents. Go, go, go. One thing that is very topical for what's going on at the moment is that when we are chronically stressed, that increases our risk of infections. So it lowers our immune responses and makes us much more susceptible to bacteria and viruses and everything else going on in our environment, which is why right now it is so critical to have stress management in place so that we can have a more robust immune system. Okay. Ash, I want to hear your four A's. Okay, four A's. Let's dive into it because there's lots and lots of strategies, but I'm just going to talk about you, the overview. This is all a headspace kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so the cool. four, four A's of stress management. Um, look, I think, oh, gosh, I'm, I would need to cite a reference for these guys because I learned this a long time ago. <laughs> I'll have to dig it up and share it with you because I don't Re- want to. References I, pending. References pending. I don't like ripping off someone else's work and, you know, this is, um, this is not my own content, so I just want to be clear about that. It's always nice to give credit where it's due. So um, I won't say I own this one, but I will say that it's great strategies to teach and um, I've taught these for quite some time in different stress management classes over the years. But I love it because for me, four A's of stress management, first A, avoid, second A, alter, adapt and accept. And basically we can stand on all of those, but um, really what it comes down to, you know, the first A is avoid and that's to avoid unnecessary stress. So for me, you know, in this situation, how do we avoid unnecessary stress? Sometimes it means avoiding people, you know, who are constantly yeah. talking about this, perpetuating this, catastrophizing. Like sometimes it's just that friend that's like, oh, my God, did you see the latest? It's like, yeah, you don't Maybe need Maybe buying into fake news at this time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, things like um, learning how to say no, you know, buys into this concept of avoiding unnecessary stress. Um, mm-hmm. If it means someone's asking too much of you, learning to be able to say appreciate the you know appreciate the request but no unfortunately i can't help you there um it is okay to say no and just understanding there's things in life that we feel like we should do oh my gosh you know really should go for that friend you know for a coffee but god i know she's going to talk about all of this and i'm just going to feel really stressed after it Mm -hmm. um you know that's a stress so you actually are allowed to say no you say not today i'm really sorry i'm not available um if you feel like you need to justify yourself you can make up a white life that makes you feel better about it but the reality is don't put yourself in situations that create unnecessary additional stress so you know that's Mm -hmm. a really big one take control of your environment make sure that you avoid it um turn off the tv don't watch the news flag your facebook feed for anything that's you know junk that you don't want to see just click off notifications you know just that sort of stuff um be proactive and make sure that anything that makes you feel you know anxious or brings those negative thought processes Mm -hmm. into your head 
let it go. Not not needed. I'd love to tell you to do some online shopping if to take the stress out, but I know that a lot of them have, you know, closed their online shopping portals because there's just too much, um, you know, pressure yeah. on their supply and demand uh, in that area. So that's probably not a constructive uh, tip for you. But if it's possible, you know, if it can be something you can ask a friend, say, while you're there, do you mind just grabbing me? something extra because I just can't handle going to the shops right now. I mean, that's okay. This is where you do have to reach out and ask for help. And I think as well, just take some pressure off yourself. Um, pull off the, you know, the list on the fridge of all those things you're supposed to do and just cut it back a bit because reality is if it's going to get tougher for us here in Australia and let's just say more things close down and we have more time at home, you'll have plenty of time for those jobs. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, don't put it all on your plate right now while you're already feeling a little bit stressed or overwhelmed. There'll be time to catch up on those things. Um, you know, whether directly or indirectly, we have time for it. We'll, we'll make time for it eventually. So for me, that's your big one. Just avoid. Um, but obviously you can't always avoid stuff, right? So you can't always run from your problems. Um, so the next one is to alter. And this is yeah. all about if you, you know, if you can't avoid that situation, the next thing you want to do is alter that, um, in the way that you're involved in it. So it could just be communicating clearly to your friend that keeps catastrophizing. Say, you know, Grace, I really appreciate what you're saying. And, you know, I unfortunately I have heard this all on the news today. I'd really love us just to talk about anything but this right now. It would make me feel a lot yeah. it would make me feel a lot better. So, you know, express in your, you know, conversation exactly what you need, what you need from that person to achieve what you want to feel. So um it's not like, oh, I'm just sick of hearing this. You need to say thank you, appreciate um, not helping me right now. It's making me feel more anxious. I'd really love to do and then give that option. Um, so yeah. that clarity can really help to change it. So you may not have to avoid you, you know, your best friend. You may just need to ask her to just shut a trap for a second <laughs> and stop talking yeah. about it. So, um, that's, you know, that for me is something that's really important to be clear about that through communication. Uh, so that's a, a great thing is to alter the situation by asking for what you need. Awesome. I love that. Okay. What were the other things? So there was adapt to the stress. Now this adapt. Is a, yeah. This is a tricky Alter. one because if you yep. can't, yeah, uh, if you can't change stress, then you need to be able to change yourself. Right. So this is all yeah. about that positive adaptation. You can't avoid everything and there's no way right now you are going to avoid hearing the word coronavirus, COVID-19 or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. You are going to hear more and more about this. You'll hear the word hand sanitizer a million times, wash your hands, you know, <laughs> um, you know, personal yes. spacing, like a, uh, what are the other words all those fancy catchwords they're using right now and uh like self-isolation um oh what else yeah just yeah new, just new buzzwords just, right that we haven't yeah. really had in our, our vernacular so you're going to keep hearing it so if that's stuff's triggering stress responses in you you need to be able to um do things like well firstly look at the big picture you know if it means that you can balance your stress by looking at some of the data and statistics that make things you know put into a bit more of a timeline and perspective mm-hmm great try and take that approach um again as well you know like right now a month from now a year from now two years from now we'll look back everyone's going to remember 2020 for this particular thing instead of tokyo olympics unfortunately i think it's going to be coronavirus um but are the olympics still going ahead as of today they were but you know it's a bold move to push on with such a global event in this climate but anyway we'll see what happens i'm sure they're they're just as stressed as we are over you know these things too imagine Mm -hmm. the uh being the olympic committee trying to (laughs) make decisions that's what i'd call stressed um so but again looking at the big picture right so they're saying well what you know if we were to miss one olympics in the lifetime of olympics if it saved a lot of lives is that worth it i'm sure they're asking the big picture questions 
Um, so they'll have a committee there working hard at that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes as well, just uh, for me, I'm a gratitude person. So if I can't deal with the stress, I'm going to adapt to it by just being really, really grateful. You know, I'm really grateful I live in this country, Australia, with incredible medical resources, some of the best, you know, what I would call free healthcare on the planet um, yeah. with great communities, with immense amounts of opportunities with, um, you know, more than enough food produced in our own country to deal with a crisis mm-hmm. like this. Like just all of those things that we might be forgetting are just such a privilege, even in the event of a horrendous situation. I can promise you I'd much rather be in Perth with this crisis than in Delhi, you know, just yeah. um, just being putting some perspective yeah. on it and, you know, appreciating what we do have. So that can help to, you know, help balance and just manage that stress response because it gives you perspective and gratitude, big ones. And the last thing is accept. I know that sounds a bit harsh, but, you know, you have to accept this, ladies. This is not going away. You know, it's not going to end anytime soon and you can't control what you can't control. So mm-hmm. my big conversation you know, with a lot of clients is let's just deal with what's within our sphere of influence. I feel yes. stressed and I feel sad about things going on in Italy and, and France and the Netherlands and, you know, across the globe, but I can't influence that right now. What I can do, unless you, you know, want to have a metaphysical conversation with someone like Dr. Bruce Lipton, he'll tell you otherwise, <laughs> which yes. I, you know, I, I would love to go there, but let's not, not push that stretch just, just at the moment. Let's keep it really practical. Um, but let's just say, you know, you can't control it. Therefore, there has to be a degree of acceptance of that. I can't control what I can't control. So I'm going to influence the things that are in my sphere of control. That is how I go about my day, who I surround myself with, what I do, how I wash my hands, how often, where I do it. Like these are all things we do have control of. So it's not this out of control runaway train we're on. We have so many points of control in our day and that can really help to change that stress response as well. Yeah, I love it, Ash. And I think that one, uh, well, maybe there's a few positive things are actually coming out of, you know, everything that's going on in the world. And it's still completely okay to look on, you know, and be optimistic in some of these and, and look at that silver lining. And it's certainly making me very vigilant um, with obviously not my own personal hygiene, which we were always doing anyway, but um, so much more vigilant with my energy and my thoughts and um, really being so conscious of staying grounded in my body so Mm. whenever you know like I was feeling a bit panicked or stressed um, particularly from you know speaking to friends or or whatever it might be or having to be out in public and um, just feeling that energy of panic from everybody else just checking in with my body figuring out what feels right for me doing some 7-Eleven breathing, which is I find really effective for me, and that's that parasympathetic breathing. So in for 7, out for 11, in for 7, out for 11, which just completely calms my nervous system and puts me back into like so much of a better state. And I really felt this massive shift in the practice on Wednesday that it just felt like such a calm, beautiful, safe place to be. And so when I was there, because we are so vigilant about being present with every single one of our patients and nothing else in the world matters when they are there in front of us, like that's something that we are so conscious about giving to every single person that it just created such a beautiful sense of calm and people really felt that and it was very palpable. So I think that that is something that's really good and it's teaching me um, that and also that, you know, worst case scenario, I think, and I'm not saying worst case scenario by looking at mortality rates or anything like that, but worst case scenario right now for us, what we might be looking at is, you know, a total lockdown or a shutdown or something like that. And if that happens, we're okay. 
you know, everything is going to be okay. Uh, and also it's making me check in with a lot of my loved ones around the world a lot more. So I'm checking in with my girlfriends. I'm communicating with them a lot more, um, which is amazing. And, you know, I think that, that that's a good thing. I definitely think that's a good thing. And I think people are realizing that, that, you know, that's important sense of community and connection. Mm -hmm. I know I'm missing out on my hugs, you know, at work. I, I yeah. you know, normally hug a lot of people and we kind of have these things going on in healthcare and we're, you know, avoiding his hugs and handshakes. And it's like when you meet a new client and you just want to say hi and give them a handshake, I'm actually having to make a joke about it. It's like, I'm so sorry. I'm not allowed to shake your hand. This is so awkward. I'm just going to bow and, you know, say amazing to meet yes. you. Like, <laughs> and, you know, people are getting the joke of it, but it's about yeah. turning you know they say lemons into lemonade trying to find you know the good points in a bad situation um keeping it jolly i'm i'm always a big believer in you know keep your fun keep your joy keep your happy keep your sense of humor as well so you know when you yeah. when you're doing silly little foot dances with people as the new handshake or you know little little elbow bumps or something like it's just just having a bit of fun with it like you've got to you know you've got to lighten up and not take it all so seriously so you know make sure you can laugh and have a laugh at yourself over the silly things you're doing when you notice yourself go oh my gosh I think I will get that five kilos of jasmine rice and then you, you in the moment go what the hell am I gonna do with five kilos of jasmine rice like it's just that I know it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> like when have you ever bought five kilos of jasmine rice in your entire life exactly so <laughs> you know just smiling thinking I caught myself do that because I was just like well I'll do that no actually no that's just not not rational because I would never do that so why am I gonna do that now like we're not in a food shortage apocalypse here it's okay I will buy from the supermarket next week it'll be just fine if I need that many kilos of rice then uh you know I'll leave it to the person who needs it more than me so yeah having a bit of fun laughing at yourself making a joke um for me you know relaxation practices time to mm. learn to breathe you know meditate mindfulness visualization any of those sorts of things try not to overcommit yourself with time management as well you know while everyone's running around like a crazy head maybe just try and pair it back a bit and just give yourself a little bit more space for rest and relaxation um what are some of the other things? I mean, you're a dog person, so cuddle your pets. Give them lots of love. That's that's a great stress reliever. Yeah, I saw – I'm seeing so many just absolutely hilarious memes about um, coronavirus and dogs and um, people and those sorts of things. Like uh, everyone's hoarding, you know, like toilet paper or whatever it might be. Um, they said stock up. So like a woman's got a whole like a pack of dogs. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Or there's another one that is um, someone laughing at the fact that – uh, someone's worried about hand sanitizer when they actively kiss their dogs when their dogs have been just licking their butts. Like <laughs> I just think that you kind of have to take a moment and just think, yeah, that's, that's ridiculously funny. hilarious. That's and, um, you know, like I took the dogs out to the park yesterday and I was barefoot and it was just the best thing. And I'm like, okay, this is my panic prevention right here. Like this is what really grounds me and, you know, they force you to be present and it's just the best. And they do not have a care in the world. You know, they're none the wiser about this whole coronavirus thing and they're just getting on with whatever's happening in the moment. And I think that's what I love so much about dogs is that they just force you to be present in that moment. Um, so obviously, you know, that's my stress relief. Um, and I'm sure it would be the same with Ollie as well, Ash. Like I'm sure that he forces you to be present and to stay present and to, you know, like take each moment as it comes because it might be different right <laughs> i'm laughing because it's like stress relief not right now but thank you <laughs> 
Yeah. He does, he does. I'm like, we're approaching three. I can't tell you there's a whole lot of stress relief in his life at the moment. But um, I'm actually practicing all my techniques around him to try and like, ooh, hold your zen. It's just a three-year-old testing you. You'll be fine. You will survive this. It's not as bad as Corona, but no. (laughs) I'm just, uh, it's just so funny right now. But anyway, um, but yes, I'm totally with you. So, you know, for me, I've just little things like just backing down on things like sugar and caffeine. I know they drive up my stress responses. So just being aware of some of the food that's going on my mouth and some of the things I'm eating and doing, um, they're big ones. And, you know, other things too for me as well. Um, some of the big ones that people often overlook is we, we need exercise and activity, right? Because that, that's a total like balancer for our stress response. But with all the socialization, it can be really hard. I still don't see why you can't go for a quiet run or a walk around the block on your own. You know, like I think it's really challenging. Otherwise, you need to get someone, to, you know, if you're truly isolated because of a, an exposure, someone needs to drop you a, you know, a spinning bike or a treadmill or something at your door, which you can drag inside and get, get yourself moving because you are not going to help your immune system by being sedentary and watching TV all day. So, um, you know, it is important to still keep moving if you have no signs of the, you know, the virus, but you've been quarantined for some reason. Um, I still would strongly encourage you to try and stay active. Um, and look, I don't know about you, Andy, but humans are not designed for socialization. It's a, it's a form of torture, right? So unfortunately, yeah. as much as we think right now to survive this, we need to isolate. Um, we also need to be human. Okay. We need connection. Yeah. We need yep, touch. We it. need quality time with each other. There's just this fine balance. So look, I would pick, pick your, pick your circle. You know, if you really are isolating, I'd pick yeah. your circle and say, look, I need these few people around me. If we're going to get it, we're all in this together, but I'd rather be, you know, happy and with my friends or with my family or, you know, with my son or whatever it is, um, than be, you know, uh, a rock out there in the middle of nowhere, feeling very lonely and very isolated. I think that's not healthy and that's not going to help your stress responses. So just remember we're on this together. Um, and you know, maybe pick a circle that if you were to all get it, are you happy that you'd all get it together? You know, just that if it was to take the worst case scenario, because for me, I sort of see it as isolating for me is, you know, not a, not a good feeling at all. It doesn't make me, it makes me scared. It makes me anxious just thinking about that. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I totally would not want to be away from my people, you know, like the people that I love most. Yeah. And I think that there's a difference between social distancing and social isolation and isolation, um, can be a huge cause of anxiety and we know that um like i'm I'm particularly concerned about our elderly population not just because of their susceptibility or vulnerability to the coronavirus but also because of the fact that they may be more susceptible to anxiety and loneliness in this time and we know that loneliness is worse for our health than smoking so i am uh i'm just about to send my grandmother a card actually um my 90 year old grandmother who lives in Sydney and I'm sending her a whole bunch of immune supportive supplementation which she may or may not take that's totally up to her but (laughs) you know I want to feel like I'm doing whatever I can Uh, and we're trying to teach her how to use Viber as well so that we can communicate with her a little bit better Um, and interestingly enough my little sister Joanna she lives in Belgium they're you know in Belgium um, and in Europe things are are quite different to how they are here in Australia and they're in um, lockdown at the moment for at least the next three weeks Uh, so Joanna and her partner Roman live in a tiny little one-bedroom apartment as you know so many people in 
um, Belgium and those European cities do because they're in Brussels. So they're allowed to leave the house for groceries and exercise. But obviously for exercise, they have to um, use social distancing. So they went out for a walk yesterday and she said it was the strangest sensation because there were so many people outside with their family units happy. And she's like, everybody was calm. Um, everyone was smiling. They seemed happy. Obviously, they kept their distance from each other, but they were all happy and calm. She said it was the strangest thing. Um, but I think that that's amazing, right? So, you know, another silver lining. Um, but I agree, Ash, yeah, you've got to check in with your people. All right, ladies, I think that's a pretty good wrap-up of uh, where we're at today. And I think, you know, coming up we'll have a few more episodes on this because I suspect we've got a, a little bit of time ahead of us to still keep talking about it. So it won't And be as long. it evolves and yeah. as other important things come up that we can help you with, we'll, we'll add to that. Hey, Ash, I just had an idea while we were talking. Um, I know that we've got our closed 28-day uh, research group mm-hmm. with um, the women in there, which I think would be really good for us to – I think we should connect with them and just see how they're travelling in, in – the mix of this i'm just wondering if it's worthwhile us creating another like forum or group or something um for our tribe um like a little closed group where they can connect with us and maybe we can i don't know just help them with tips and tricks and just be a little safe space that's like a little online portal what do you think well look you've sprung it on me totally is the only answer oh. i can give you <laughs> hey, it might be too hard to ask it that might add to our stress I no have, uh, no I, th- I, offline. I think we can manage but you've pitched it to the ladies now they're listening they're hearing you they're going to be like yeah 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 please come on you can do this and uh <laughs> we may I, edit this out i, I don't, don't, yeah, don't think no, can't back out let's let's make it happen just uh we'll, we'll figure out the best platform and the way to do that um okay. but yes thank you ladies I think if we can just ask one thing of you, that is be loving, be kind, be generous, you know, care for your neighbour, offer people help. You know, if you know someone's um, having to self-isolate for any reason whatsoever, um, but just offer a hand, you know, even if it means dropping something at the doorstep and running, um, that's totally fine too. It's that love that's being given. Um, you know, I've sort of thought about all the cute things you could do if someone's socially isolating. How nice would it be like the old days, slipping a little note under the door, you know, just stuff like that. Like there's just so many ways you could brighten someone's day. I would so totally like go up to someone's window and start, you know, sticking a smiley face all over the outside of the window, you know, like <laughs> whatever it takes to, you know, whatever yeah. it takes, um, you know, flowers at the doorstep, anything that you can think of to make someone's day brighter. I would really love and encourage and invite you to do that because um, whenever there's times of stress, there's also times for great opportunity to do great things and, you know, share huge amounts of kindness. So be the kindness of the world. We know you're, you're our tribe, you're our, our ladies, and uh, I'm sure you follow, you know, the same value systems that we do, which is be good to others. So uh, I take this as an opportunity to be really, really kind um, for people that are obviously going to be suffering. So it's a time time to be really, really kind. Uh, I think that's such a beautiful message to end on. Okay. So ladies, uh, you know, as, as always, you've been listening to Wellness Women Radio. Thank you again so much for um, joining us uh, on the podcast. We really love and appreciate our tribe and we're so grateful that you're here with us spreading this message um, and I guess just being part of um, this journey that we've been on as well. So, ladies, uh, we are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. And until next week, be kind to each other and be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Boston Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.